Hey, Marcus, how you doing? Good. You like movies? Yes, I do. What's your favorite movie? I don't just have one. Name seven. Taxi Driver, Blue Velvet, uh, The Mirror by uh, Tarkovsky, uh, Nanette and Bonnie, U.S. Go Home, Fear X, Belly of an Architect, Ghost oh. Dog, Stranger in Paradise. I think that was a nine, eight or nine, but yeah. That's a great list. Thank you. Yeah. We have a movie podcast. Mm-hmm. It's called Zebras in America. Yep. Last time we were here, we were supposed to go over my homework, but we got so caught up in the other things that we didn't we didn't get to get to it. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, Jonathan Demi. Yeah. Passed away at uh, seventy three. That's um. I don't think that's any time to pass unless you know, whatever unless it's your time. To go. I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying, but seventy three is still young to me, especially for a guy who was still active, uh, like him. So, yeah. Your father passed before he was ready. Absolutely. 71 years old. He still had stuff um, he wanted to do. My father so. passed before he was ready. 58 years old. Oh, man. So it's like, you know, it's just all about, uh, you know, it sucks. No one's ready. True. Yeah. Very rarely are, are you ready. Yeah. Some famous... Unless you're in pain, you know, there are those cases where you do want to, you know... Yeah, I, but even you don't want to be in that situation. No. You want to go, so yeah. Yeah, I think you know the episode where we decide to talk about me before you. We can talk about how we feel about euthanasia or mm. assisted suicides or that other movie. Uh, crap, Clint Eastwood. I was gonna say as long as it's not Million Dollar Baby, but yeah, hey. so I wouldn't want to talk. I mean, I don't really like those movie those. Me before you dealt with it a little more kindly. Sure. I don't... It's not even the euthanasia part. I just had an issue with... It's not even... It's just that there was a scene in the movie where... First, you have to go back to one of the opening scenes, one of the first lines of dialogue where no matter how stupid this guy kind of was to just refer to Morgan Freeman as a nigger, even, he meant it in an endearing way, but whatever. He just called him a nigger, and then by the end of the movie... Morgan Freeman's defending him and beating up this other black guy, like, in his honor. But, in a way, that kind of sums up Morgan Freeman's uh, filmography as uh, I'll go. I don't want to go any more deeper than that. I'm sure I just annoyed some people right now by saying that, even though it's the truth, but what are you going to do? There is certainly in circles I know <clears throat> that when, if if the the word Morgan Freeman and criticism... And race get brought up, people get very defensive or very upset or... I know, I mean, as far as white people, why would they dislike Morgan Freeman? Because he's always helping them out. Well, you're and also, then why you're, would black people be mad? Yeah. Because he's a black actor in a prominent, kind of powerful position. And, you know what I mean? So why why would you think beyond that? So, Fair enough. sorry if I just <laughs> insulted anybody that sounded a little smug and, and angry, but what are you going to do? If you... If everyone likes you, you're doing something wrong. Hmm. Maybe, yeah. Or you're really... Yes. I, I was, at the very least, you're trying too hard, and that's not good because you're either going to shave hours, uh, years off of your life or you're overly stressed because you're trying to please too many people, so yeah. Or you're a totalitarian dictator and everyone has to like you. That, that too, yeah. Speaking of totalitarian regimes and stuff... Yes. So... My very close friend is Armenian. Mm-hmm. So this Friday, she had me go see The Promise. Mm-hmm. 
which is... Oh, with Oscar Isaacs and Christian Bale. And, Correct. Oh, that movie, yeah. So it's a film which tells about the systematic uh, destruction of a million Armenian people right after the turn of the First World War. Oh. And it was really beautifully shot. Mm-hmm. The music was incredible. Mm-hmm. And the acting performances were great. Okay. There were some problems. Sure. There was an unnecessary love triangle put in there, mm-hmm. which I guess was hoping to get more people to watch it. And it's never explained to you why they were why the Armenian people needed to be expunged. Oh, well, you'd think that's a big part of it. It's a big, it's a big fucking thing. But the thing that's really, really wild is, to this day, the Turkish government denies that it ever happened. Oh, okay. It's like if the if Germany still was like, <coughs> nope, the Holocaust didn't happen. Mm. Like a couple people died, but it was their fault. Wow. That's kind of what the Turkish government has done. And <clears throat> the reason why I think people should see this movie is, so there's a there's like an active campaign to have people not see this movie. On bef- what's that, like like before it even came, before it even came out, uh-huh. it had a one on IMDb. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. And like, it has a 44% thing on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. And I do think there are, the 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 love story part might be why some people dislike it, mm-hmm. but there aren't enough movies about this topic. So I hope people will watch it so people will be more interested. It's funny now that you say that because... That was one of the like main movies at Toronto last year. I didn't get a chance to see it because there was other stuff playing that I wanted to see. But it definitely just kind of cre- like no one was talking about it. Even this is September of last year, and it's funny because it just um, even off, off of the cast, it's like oh, this seems to be pretty big. It's like a long epic movie with the, it's like yeah. oh, no one seems to be reporting back about this movie. Like you know, in comparison to other movies. So there's even a movie coming out like next week, <clears throat> which like further you know pushes forth the the idea of denial of that what movie is this i forgot what it's called oh okay but there's like there's a movie that's kind of denies what happened in the turkish shit regime okay uh also, <clears throat> did you ever see the movie denial what's that which is it, uh... it's a new movie newish movie with uh rachel weiss doing her best new york oh, accent no it's another one that was at TIFF last year. I just didn't get around to it. I just didn't have a chance. Oh, yeah. Timothy Spall is in it. Yeah, is that, yeah is, I know is, about is, it. Is that that Peter Pettigrew motherfucker? I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not sure. Was he in Harry Potter and played Peter Pettigrew? I, I, he wasn't. It, it, yes, probably. I don't Fuck know. that snitch. Yeah. <laughs> Timothy Spall is great, though. He's a regular of Mike Lee's. Um, he's awesome. And so, clearly he's awesome if you hate him so much. He's yeah, doing his he's, job. He's doing, if, I, if I dislike you for you, then you're a, you're a fantastic actor. It's like um, David Strathairn. He was uh, in Dolores Claiborne. He played the role of the dad really well. That like If I saw him on the street, it was just like, oh, you're a, you're a pedophile. You, you, you touched your daughter. You're, you're a shitty human being. Yeah, I, um, he played that role way too well. Or Cole, oh, Wings Hauser. The father of Cole Hauser, he's Cole Hauser's father. Cole Hauser was the head of the Nazis in higher learning. Yeah. Uh, his father, who's also an actor, um, he was the head racist cop in uh, Tales from the Hood. 
Jesus. know, it, you know yeah. the second. He's also the racist. You know, a soldier story. No. Well, he plays the racist way too well, and I'll just, I'll, you know, so. And you're like, hmm. Too well, too good. So much that his son played a famous racist role. You know what I'm saying? It's like even his offspring played a skinhead. So. Well, the root doesn't fall far from the scumbag, <coughs> right? Right. The cinematic root, rather. Cinematic. I'm root. sure they're good guys in real life, both of them. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know them, but maybe they are. No, nah, they. Not, I think they're good. They're good guys. Sure. So yeah, that movie came out. I, it was good, you know. It's just the the it's. The power of denying things just, mm. it's so dastardly. Yeah. You had me see a movie called Bastards. Yes, I did. Claire Denis' latest. Uh, second latest, sorry. Second latest film. She made a movie <coughs> released since? Yeah, kind of released. She made this like one hour short, long short or short feature that... Uh, I think it only did the festival circuit. It was a year after Bastards. It was in 2014. It was called uh, Voila Enchainment. And uh, yeah, I don't know too many people who've seen it. but I'm going to say that this is her last film for yeah, now. That at least got a theatrical release yeah. and more people know about and stuff. Uh, it's a loose remake of Them Blood Sleep Well. It's a loose remake of a few things. Well, yeah. for the most part, The Bad Sleep Well. But then there's also like... Get Carter yeah. elements to it. There's also um, the Get uh, Carter is a bit of a remake of the Bad Sleep Well. That too, yes, yeah. It all goes back to Bad, bad Sleep Well, which Claire Denise cited herself. So it's not like a she's she is someone, especially during the promotion of this film, has is someone who has not denied her influences no. whatsoever. Because there's this was she also was inspired by Thief, yeah, specifically the music uh, surrounding Thief, uh, the novel Sanctuary. So she's very open yeah, about. Uh, I mean. Um, Novels that... Who wrote Sanctuary again? Faulkner. Yeah. It's because there's a... Both both have a very uncomfortable scene with a corn cob. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Now, this is a film that deals with sexual violence and revenge in a very non-linear, Oof, yeah. unsatisfying to the viewer's way. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorites of hers I've seen so far. Wow. Okay. This kind of split people. I enjoyed it. It's not. I don't think it's one of her best, but a lot of Claire Denis fans were just like, it was a combination of why did she make this versus like she made she shot she made this movie this movie literally got made in a few weeks, which in terms of movie time that 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 is pretty quick. It's difficult. So so some people were just like. Are not giving it the credit it deserves, and I've read like she she shot it in a few weeks, so just whatever. It's just like a little fun experiment, and it kind of gets a little you know like brushed off, which I think is unfair. So there are plenty of great movies that have been shot in a month. No, totally less than yeah. You know you can make a movie in a day. Yeah. What's that movie that came out a couple years ago that that M two May really likes Veronica? Oh, I don't know that one. I, I'm. It, it's a person's name. It's one shot overnight. Oh, I can't think of it. I thought it was Veronica, but it could sure. it it could have been it could have been something else. But um. But anyway, yeah, no, bastards. It also kind of came and went pretty quickly, and I was a little I was a little attached to this movie because during this time I I was able. This is like one of my shining personal moments. I got to interview Claire Denis before the release of this film, 
and we stayed in touch throughout. And I don't mean to say that to brag too much, but it is she's my favorite filmmaker. Yeah. So to kind of do that, so to to have that opportunity was like really cool for me. And then even after we still kept in touch, and you know she was. Um, traveling with the movie and she was just like uh she would email me and say like hey bastards got accepted to the new york film festival so i'm gonna be here on this day and then it's gonna be here in another day and it's just like wow all all the awesome people she knows like why would she tell me this you know so i thought that was pretty cool i mean i think a big part of it has to do with the fact that we do have a mutual friend uh now in the form of alice howry who actually she's a regular of claire denise alice is actually in bastards She's the you you wouldn't know this. She the the very last scene, the whole eight millimeter porn scene. She's the other woman, outside of the the niece lo, who played by Lola Creton. She's the other woman, so with the curly hair. That's what she's kind of known for. Alice's big curly hair. She was also Nanette and Nanette and Bonnie and um, the main uh, character in Claire Denis' U.S. Go Home. She has a cameo in Trouble Every Day. So she she's definitely part of. The, she's been with Claire Denis not since the beginning, but. For a good twenty three years now, so since she was a kid, <clears throat> so yeah. Veronica was in it. Oh, that is, oh, I'm gonna okay. I don't know that sounds interesting. Or was no Victoria. Victoria still don't know it. Okay, so you didn't yeah. see it. No, no. Well, it's it's. I'm shot familiar with one shot, like Russian Arc. I think is Russian maybe Arc the is most fun. That's famous. the first one. Yeah, and then there's other close like um, what's the movie uh. I mean, obviously, Irreversible takes place over a long period of time, but each segment, this used special effects, but still, each segment in the movie was edited together to look like one scene, um, but that's not exactly what we're talking about anyway, so, yeah. No, so, <clears throat> the, the it, it just was such a miserable experience to watch. Sure. There's some, <laughs> yeah. So you have like the evil dude who just looks so evil. Another Clergy regular, played by uh, Michel Subor. And then you have the you have the the brother who comes back from the Navy, yeah, Vincent from the Navy. Gun. Yeah, he's he's the closest thing to a good person, which is scary. Yeah, you're that, right. In that film, yeah. Uh, who has dreams of killing? A little boy uh, out of revenge. So that's so he's he's our hero in, in the movie. So that's so he's he so kind of sets you, the bar. Did you think that he was actually going to kill the boy? Possibly. I mean, that was very that was that was that was I thought that was a subtle suggestion. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think ultimately he wanted to kill the um, the her, uh, the little boy's father, who yeah essentially was the cause of his brother-in-law committing suicide and the downfall of his family and yada yada. But I just think, I don't know if it was the son or whoever, but you don't go through the motions that he did to ultimately not do anything. He made a point to move into the same apartment uh, complex, like directly above, you know, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, and I just think, at, you know, Claire Denis... You don't make it a point to have this really like seamless, lucid dream sequence, which well, you don't even realize is a dream till after. Of just like you see the image of the bike and the mother finding her dead son, you find out okay, that didn't really happen. But it's like it's very vivid, so it's yeah. almost like he's thinking about it so much that he dreamt it. So it's like, yeah, something bad was gonna, ha- something bad did happen. Yeah, it didn't work out. Uh, you know. Our protagonist is liking, but something bad happened. But something bad was also going to happen. So, 
Yeah, I mean, something, no what. something bad happens to every single person in the film. Sure, Except Absolutely. for that main, the main bad guy. That's true. <laughs> yeah. That's another thing. Yeah, it's, it's when you were speaking about, like, the satisfaction of the viewer, usually... The whole idea of some of, of a revenge film is that the protagonist gets revenge eventually, e- even if he goes through hell and back. And you know what? I didn't need to say spoiler. The movie's almost four years old. Um, yeah, things don't work out. Like like you know, like I said, the, the bad guy wins in, in the end. And mm-hmm. also, your what's your interpretation of the video that's shown at the end of the movie? My interpretation, it's. Uh, this main character's brother-in-law was—he uh, <coughs> was a fucked-up individual, um, and he was in an incestuous relationship with his daughter, and he was sharing her. It's—it's it's almost, you know, it's almost—it's like that—that that video. It's almost like an extrapolation of when Tom Cruise went back to the um, costume store and eyes wide shut. It's like that scene, like turned in, into. It's almost like what they were do. Oh. It's almost like, yeah, when Tom Cruise goes back to the costume store to return his costume and you see the same two guys and his daughter come out, it's like that that video essentially represents what was going on. And the father was involved, too, because there was a lot of incestuous stuff between the father and Eyes Wide Shut and, and the girl, just like it obvious was in Bastards. Because so. from the video, it makes me to seem that they were into what they were doing. Yes. Oh. Oh. That. Oh. Yeah. Very, very good point. Still fucked up. But that's another. Thing. Yeah. It, like it's not your traditional. Like he forced his daughter to do it, <clears throat> or he was like troubled and conflicted. Well, obviously, I guess ultimately he was because he killed himself. But in the moment, yes. That. That's another. Yes. Very good it point. Wasn't, it wasn't. They. They were enjoying it. Yes. He, they were. The. The villain is watching. Yeah. Yep. So. Yeah. The movie. Um, the movie left me with the feel bads. Yeah, and I think it's an, an it's such an appropriate title because, with the exception of the doctor, I guess played your by man, Alex Disgott, regular, man, he so good in that. Um, he's everyone in that movie is a bastard essentially. Like even the mother, this main character's sister, she knew certain things were going. She was fucked up. The, like, o- you, the you know only I mean? the only person like I was gonna say the daughter, but then she, like, kills all of her friends. Yeah. Yeah, in a very Lost Highway-esque uh, super, scene. Super Lost Highway-esque. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good movie. I give it a give it a 5 out of 5. Wow. Even, and I'm the Claire Denis guy, I give that movie a solid 3.5 out of 5. Which is a good, you know, it's just, she's done better. She has, I can't say she's done worse, because I don't think she's ever made a bad movie, so. Yeah, I, you've, you've lent me some of her DVDs, which I'm right. slowly going to watch. Right. Yeah. Five out of five might have been strong. I might <laughs> maybe say like four out of five. That's still great. Four and a half. Hey, I will take it. So I um, I couldn't sleep on Friday night mm-hmm. after... That's funny. There's a Claire Denis movie called... There's two Claire Denis movies. There's one movie called I Can't Sleep, and there's another Claire Denis film called Friday Night. But continue. So on Friday night, I, I couldn't sleep. Nice. So after... Like watching, um, hold on a second. After like watching like The Promise and mm-hmm. so like and Bastards, I decided like that's a long day. It's a long. That day. That sounds grueling. It was. 
I was, I was, it was rough. So then I went home and I couldn't sleep. So I, I rented uh, Kickboxer Retaliation. Wow. Um, oh wow. Okay. Which, <clears throat> good stuff. Which is like a, a sequel, reboot, of the Kickboxer series. Yeah. Um, with Van Dam playing the, the you know Mr. Miyagi role. Yeah, the role that he uh, I don't I I do not know the name of the actor who played the original trainer of him in Kickboxer, but yeah, the roles have essentially been reversed, and he's now the the trainer. Have you seen it? Absolutely. Any I'm going to see anything with Dave Batista. Just believe it. Batista was in it. Yeah. Not his best performance. Still solid. Still solid. He it wasn't his fault that they gave him that ridiculous haircut. Yeah. I just I also appreciate too that like. Dave Batista is half Filipino, and granted, this movie is takes place in Thailand. But it's like it's nice that he plays a character that is Asian because a lot of people don't realize he's he's half Asian. So it's nice that he tapped into some kind of Southeast a- Asian roots and didn't you know play a white guy like he's always cast as. So I really you know, and for what it was, I had a great time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh hell yeah, it shot awesome. really well. No, it, it looks be- not not and not not in like a Terrence Malick or. Um, like a little Lubezki bit, a little bit in a Lubezki way. I, think, I just think the lighting, just like the look of it, looked like glorious. I like, I like dude, think it, it looked really, really nice. Dude, look at this picture, you know, and tell me, what's that? Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. That's crazy. And, and dude. I was gonna say just before you showed me that picture, there's this like, they, no, again, there's this like yellowish tint. Yeah, over like a like a light yellowish tint over everything that I, I really liked. Yeah, like I actually want to, like I would I would find out about this mm-hmm. cinematographer. They're making a sequel. I also like that the fighting was the fighting was good, mm-hmm. but it put me on all this crazy kick because I also love movies that take place in Thailand. Mm-hmm. So a lot then, of good action movies. A lot of good action movies. I I, I procured a list, mm-hmm. but I also I, I then saw after that Cemetery of Splendor. Okay, that's back a, to back. Wow. Well, Thailand is is, is 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 the thread that ties everything together. At least that's the only thing I can think of off the top. Of my head. And then they both look beautiful. They both look beautiful. There's um, loss and sadness in both. Mm-hmm. But, uh, very true. But conveyed in very different ways. Yeah. Um, I had I was meaning to see Cemetery of Splendor anyway. Mm-hmm. Can I ask what time of day? When did you watch Cemetery of Splendor? Was it at night? Like four in the morning. Yes. Oh, perfect. I was gonna say that that because, you know, that movie is. I mean, narcolepsy is putting it lightly. Strangely, you know, that movie is technically a sci-fi movie. It's about like a sleep epidemic that's taken over this like Thai village. So just the fact that it has I to do told with, you with the first episode that Joe makes the, sci-fi movies and you're like not quite. Did really? Yes. Oh well, maybe not in general. This particular one, all but of, now I guess Uncle Boonie is kind all of his. Oh, he makes, if I said that, I take it. He back makes then. what I call art house sci-fi. Sure. Okay, if I said that, and I take I it back. I fucking love it. I take it back. I am mad at you, baby. Yeah, no, because like Tropical Malady, you have people turning into animals. Well, yeah. that happens in a few of his films. So, yeah, okay. I'm just saying. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm I'm gonna slowly check out this other Thai director that people like. Whose Who's name? That? <sighs> Whose name I forgot. The, the, these couple episodes, my memory is shot, dude. Yeah. But I'm, I'm still r- thinking what a combo that is to go from. 
Dude, kickboxer wait, to wait for or kickback retaliation to Cemetery of Splendor. Dude, it gets crazier. I'm also and I'm also glad you watched Cemetery of Splendor at, at, uh, at the time you watched it. Panic Ratanarang. Do not know who that is. Uh, Sixty nine is one of his movies. I don't know. Um, yeah, Headshot. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Never mind. Say no more. Yeah. So. Apparently, they're like, if you like this guy, you'll like this guy. So I'm checking out his movies. Okay, cool. Uh, Cemetery of Splendor, really, I really liked it. I had to watch parts of it over again. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> My favorite scene in that movie is the escalator scene, where it suddenly overlaps, and you have this like neon backdrop on top of this like swirling escalator. It's very hypnotic. It, the whole movie is very hypnotic. The subtle use of, of lights were yeah. really cool. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So then I still couldn't go to sleep. Mm-hmm. So I watched Suicide Squad. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> okay. I wouldn't say that movie would put me to sleep. Did it put you to sleep? It did. Okay. I think that movie's kind of a mess. Kind of? Yes. Yeah, I'll stop it kind of. It's kind of a mess. It, I've watched it a few times. It just should have figured out that the movie was about... Deadshot and Hailey Quinn the, at, when they were making it and just moved from there. Well, I do. I don't know. I don't know about editing or what kind of cut could have saved this movie. But sure. I do. But what I do understand is there is a different cut of the movie. My thing about that movie is the plot for a, at least the plot for a really interesting, entertaining movie was right there, and they just completely no. Let's just do some weird shit with uh, you know. Incan, giant Incan monsters and, and witches. I, I do have to give credit to um, my friend James, host of, of Wrong Reel. We did a podcast. This was a, a while ago, and he was just saying basically, why was the plot of the, why wasn't the Joker just the main villain? And yeah. the conflict was, you know, Harley Quinn has this necklace on, and she's in this weird position where she has to fight against the Joker, but she also wants to be with him, and that's the whole thing. Like this whole Enchantress and the Enchantress's brother is just too much. It was way too much. It didn't need to happen. Yeah. And making making the Joker like a Euro trash wigger hipster was sure. a strange move. Euro trash wigger hipster. That's a good. Uh, that's an accurate. Is that not was. appropriate? Yeah, no, it was. It was because the gold teeth and his douchey dress and just yeah, it is. Um, <clears throat> and then I woke up. Because I don't have much more to say about the Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. Most people don't. I, I don't either. It's come and gone. I woke up and I decided to watch Running Scared. What, the Gregory Hines? The Oh, oh, the Paul Walker Paul movie. Paul Walker movie. An incredibly underrated movie. Thank An you. An incredibly underrated movie. High five. Oh, more, more people, over the years, a lot of, it's not just me, a lot of people have come around. To, I, to, to I liked movie. it when it came out and I wanted, to, I tried to watch it. I had... I had a huge Amazon credit, so I've just been nice. renting nice. movies. And when I get to talk about this next movie, I will talk about something I really like. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm talking about lots of things I really like. Mm-hmm. But I liked that movie when it came out, and rewatching it, it's like it's an American, a little more pop cultured Eastern Promises. Oh, I, I mean, the Russian thing, maybe. Not the I Russian, the... just the, the entire arc, a little bit. Sure, but very American. I, I, I can see it. Yeah, and there's some. There's some like very American on cocaine. A lot of 
you know, more neon lights and, you know, yeah. flashiness. So, yeah, okay. And, the, and then there's this one scene where they do the whole old MasterCard commercial thing. But, you know, mm-hmm. finding out that you lost this money, $500, blah, blah, blah. It blew, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah, there's, yeah, like, yeah, blowing yeah. up yeah. a cop, priceless. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was like, wow, someone did that in a movie. Mm-hmm. But I think that was a really good action masterpiece. Sure. I really I liked it. arguments for me. Even just a little, like, when it diverts, like the whole pedophile house. What? Like, what the fuck was that? And yeah. They, and I, they did it, and I love that that happened. Yeah. And then, you know, Vera Farmiga, who was great in that movie, she showed how much of, like, a... I know I don't know if you're, you can say this now, but, like, she was such a ride-or-die chick, how she just... She pulls out the gun. She saves Dominic. Like, she she was, like... I thought her role was just going to be such the, like... She's the wife and whatever, but, like, that, that, that segment of the movie, she really, like, showed it was, her... It was she amazing. showed her ass, and she was... Well, literally, she does at the beginning of the movie. But in this scene, um, in, in that particular uh, segment of the movie, she was great, so... She was my favorite part of The Departed. Hmm. I don't know if I had necessarily have a favorite part of The Departed. I just thought... I remember being sad when uh, Martin uh, when Martin Sheen died. Yeah, that was rough. Yeah, I just liked her. She her face and tenderness is pretty amazing. Yeah, I have, just think she's talented. Have you seen Down to the Bone? No, it's the best thing she has. I don't want to be like, oh, she hasn't come close. But it, it's 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 her best acting performance in my opinion by far, by far. And it's also a good What's movie. Addiction, Down to the Bone trying to think of my homework oh this is a good one that's and it's also not even a long movie it's it's, it's just a simple indie film that you know well we don't got, know got her some notoriety we don't know more that, notoriety yeah okay. <clears throat> mm-hmm. and then yeah so i really i really liked that movie i wanted to revisit it mm-hmm. so i did and then um i found out about this great service called shutter yeah. It's like $4 a month, and, then, and it's like all the horror movies. Ooh, that's not bad. It's not bad at all, dude. No. And it's not just like, it's the cerebral horror, it's the 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 slasher horror. Mm-hmm. Like, I could just show you my cue right now, and you'd be like, oh, that's... Because you know me, I'm not like horror horror, but I like certain things. Well, you like apps. I don't mean to. I don't. I have to have my whole music library. Like, this phone, is so this is all it. through Shudder. Okay, so for those obviously you can't see, we've got, you know, we have Santa Sangre, Headshot, 99 Homes. You know, it's just a really cool mix of, of films. So, I like that. Blood on My Lips. Yeah. Like, it's just dope. For 4 or $5 a month. Also, it was a way for me to see this movie that you had been talking about for a very long time. Called Prevenge. One of the best movies of last year, or technically this year, depending on when it came out. But yeah, Alice Lowe, her directorial debut. She wrote, directed, and acted in it. She did a Vincent Gallo. Although he's not the first person to do that. I just like saying that. Um, great movie. Great movie. To me, I, I, I like my tagline is it's just the female answer to Eraserhead. Whereas Eraserhead is about the fear of fatherhood, whereas Prevenge is about the fear of motherhood, essentially. And just kind of doing it alone more so. There's going to be some dissent here. Okay. I didn't like it that much. That, uh, why? What, uh, what didn't you like about it? 
I don't know why I didn't like it that much. Mm-hmm. I thought I, I wanted. I kind of wanted an answer of whether she had lost her mind or the, there was a baby in her mind talking well, to her. Well, I think early on you would kind of know to some degree, no matter what, she lost her mind. Sure. If an evil baby is talking to her and kind of like guiding her to kill people, it's like I think that was kind of you know there. She's not full on, but it's yeah. you know. And I think I'm glad they didn't they didn't even try to make a suggestion that this might not be happening. Yeah, no. Oh, no, 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 no. yeah, no. It's that, happening. That would ruin it. That would ruin it's it. It's happening. Yeah. She's killing these people. Absolutely. In gruesome ways. Really? Yeah. While she's like what, 8 months pregnant? 8 months pregnant. Her performance is good. Mm-hmm. Just it didn't resonate with me the way it did for you. Mm-hmm. I thought the last scene I thought she would have forgiven that guy, mm-hmm. but she didn't. I didn't think that was going to happen. There was too like too much, literally too much blood had been shed for her to just come. I killed all these people, but you, the last guy, I'll take it easy. I just like it, too much had happened for for there to just be like you know. I'm going to turn a new leaf or something, you know. There was also for a moment when the baby was born, where I thought it was a boy. Uh huh. I was like, whoa, that's going to be crazy. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I loved the Babadook so much. Hmm. So when it comes to, like, guilt of the father not being around and unpacking that into a horror thing, Mm -hmm. that one, like, kept me feeling so many ways. Well, that's funny. I don't even associate the two because there's humor in Prevenge. There's not much humor in the Babadook. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, so it's like it's like I think kind of different uh, different realms. And I and I like the fact that you can enjoy Prevenge on multiple levels. If you like fucked up humor, which has plenty of it in in Prevenge, there you go. Or if you just want to go a little deeper, yeah, it because it, that movie, although that shit didn't really happen, it's told from a personal side when she was pregnant. Just like the hormones. It's like, just like, much like how, say, a movie like Trouble Every Day, another unconventional horror movie, is a play off of the phrase, I love you to death. I like to think Prevenge is also a play off of, like, a woman's hormones when it's like, oh, I could just kill everybody right now, or just like, oh, I hate you, oh, I could just, I could strangle you, you know what I'm saying? And, and just go, going there and doing that stuff, literally. So. I didn't go for the horror, I thought it was more of a funny movie than a horror movie. Mm-hmm. A horror comedy. There's it's a horror many. comedy. In the realm, like, Get Out is a horror comedy. Parents is a horror comedy. Um, you know. Yeah, it just made me... It was a lot. Definitely It was a, a lot, lot for me. Yeah. But, you know, my Shutter free trial is over at the end of the week, and I think I'm just going to pay for it. And if we ever get sponsored, Shutter, Shutter, right there. We like you. So... You have a great taste in stuff. Sponsor us. We'll put a banner up somewhere where we can put a banner or one of your commercials or something. Yeah, we love you. Yeah. Um, and then uh, somehow I, w- I was like, I started getting like, because Kickboxer reminded me of like, as a kid, me and my pop on Fridays, we'd go to the United Artists in Sheepshead Bay and go see a, a movie. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was, it was, it was usually the three it was either Seagal, Stallone, or Bruce Willis. Nice. Van Damme. Van Damme was around too. Yep, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And we'd see them all in the theaters. 
and we just have a great time and talk about the moves. But oh, yeah. yeah. Don't practice the moves on me, mm-hmm. you know? Huh. And how, like, sometimes they would make these unauthorized sequels. Well, not unauthorized, but sequels that weren't really connected. Yeah. Like uh, Time Cop 2, which I'm a huge fan of. Still haven't seen it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I sort of, when M2 Me comes on, I kind of want to just make him talk about Time Cop 2 forever. And I was also just like thinking about how much I like like fight like karate martial arts movies. Absolutely. And so like I did totally see Undisputed 2 and Undisputed 3 okay. this weekend. Good stuff. They're really good. good. Oh yeah. Like yeah. unexpected like heart. I only saw Undisputed 3 recently. It was one of, it was like a sign that I had to see it. Because we did a podcast, uh, myself, Chris, and James, again, of the wrong real, we did on fighting movies, like underground yeah. fighting movies. And I hadn't seen Undisputed 3, and Chris was like, you have to see it. And then when I used to work at Times Square on 42nd Street, there was like the TV video store in Times Square I that I would that walk store. by, and they would always have Undisputed 3 playing like in the window. So it's like, all right, well, that's say, say no more. But uh, no, but Undisputed Two though is is excellent. That well, let me Undisputed Two is Michael J. White in the Russian prison. Yes. Okay. So yeah, just making sure. And Undisputed One is the Wesley Snipes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Undisputed One is has is don't even think about it. I I kind of like. I'm that not movie. saying not not as good. I like the sequels better. I'm but. not saying that. I'm not saying don't think of the movie. I'm saying they're, they they no, become yeah, they become separate entities yeah. in a way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. And two and three just follow this arc. There's there's a fourth one coming out soon. Wow. Okay. Apparently, I, even apparently Boyka, the character, has has really endeared himself to people, and they want to see his full turnaround. Well, wow. from okay. anti-villain to anti-hero, mm-hmm. which happens already in those two movies. Sure. Sure. You know, and I also love the trope in movies that when someone's been on hard times, they have long hair and a beard. Yeah. You know yeah. that they've gone yeah. through a hard journey. Absolutely. And they're dirty. Mm-hmm. And you know they're ready to do it again when they're not. Yep. Do you watch Into the Badlands? No. It's awesome. I mean, I know about it. It's on AMC, right? Yeah. The, yeah. No, no, no. It's like futuristic, uh, future, future dystopic martial arts show. Wow. Okay. I like it. Okay. I've just been thinking a lot about martial arts. I don't hear too many bad things about that show. It's so. great. Yeah. Um... You ever seen the movie Red Belt? Yeah. I don't know how I feel about it. Like, I'm not going to come out and say it's bad, but I also don't know if I like it still to this day. Right? Yeah. I don't know either. My my main issue with that movie is mainly Chua tell Edgia for how he speaks to everyone. Where, like, midway into the movie, it's like, can you just talk to me like a normal person? Like, everything, someone comes into school, he's like, okay, we're going to talk. And we're going to do this and we're going to met everything's fine. There are too many scenes like that where it's like, are you a real person or are you, you know what I mean? I don't like, oh, and I don't like his fucking wife. She wasn't very nice. She wasn't supportive. No. She just like, like did towards the, the last half of the movie, she just straight ditched him. Yeah. You know, I understand like she has this, you know, her, she's connected to her fighting family, but hey, your husband, your, stand by your man. And let me just add too, cause that's, cause some people have issues with that term and I get it. Just like you should stand by your woman. It works both ways. I just think, unfortunately, that was a term where stand by your man, there was a period put at the end of it versus stand by your man, comma, stand by your woman, or just stand by your partner, whatever. But yeah, fuck that. She just totally just left him. That that, that was fucked up. 
I shout like, out to Tim Allen. <laughs> shout out to Tim, Tim Allen. Allen was great <laughs> in that. Though. I forgot he's in that movie. He's in it. Yeah. Um, as a scumbag. As a scumbag. So, thinking of like bigger budget. Do you see the movie Warrior? Oh, absolutely. That yeah. was good. That was very good. There's a one of my favorite scenes is when the two brothers meet on the beach because it's such a like climactic into anticlimactic. It's like, oh wait, because it would have made sense. Like we're gonna fight off the books. We're not going to fight in front of these people. We're going to meet on the beach. Just have two brothers. Just we're going to go in the backyard and fight. But they don't physically fight. And that's like, so it's this first. It's, oh, they're going to fight. Oh, they're not going to fight. Oh, but they're still kind of having it out and going over their emotions. I like that. And they eventually do fight. I also like, you know, the fact that Kurt Angle plays a Russian guy in the movie but doesn't have any lines. Maybe because he couldn't do a, uh, a Russian accent. But he's legit. Kurt Angle's one of the most toughest human beings in, on the planet. So shout out to him. He won an Olympic gold medal in 96 with a broken neck. Trying to get hurt and mangled like Hurt Angle rookie year. Yep. There you go. That's, that's a Mad Lib. Yeah. Mad Lib and Mad Lib Doom. Uh, Flatbush Zombies like to say, I stay with the medal like Kurt Angle. Because when he first came to WWF, he would always carry around his legit Olympic gold medal. That was like his thing. So That's clever. Yeah. You the metal s- Flatbush Zombies you're talking about is a gun, but metal, yeah. metal. Yeah. What are, you know what movie I really like? What's Exit that? Wounds. I haven't seen the movie in so long, so I can't. Michael J. Hard, White. It's hard to comment, yeah. Steven Seagal. DMX. Tom Arnold. Yeah. It's, All a it, it's like a hodgepodge. I, I vaguely remember it, yeah. It, I enjoyed it. But so much so I don't remember Michael J. White being in Exit Wounds. I, he, I really, really don't. He's the bad guy. Okay. He's a good bad guy. Have yeah. you seen um, Skin Trade? No. Tony Jaw. I've seen Never Back Down 2 and 3. I haven't seen either of those. I do. I. I. I this. The selling point for a skin trade is Dolph Lundgren, Tony Jaa, and Michael J. White, Ron Perlman, Peter Weller. What did you say it's called? It's called Skin Trade. Oh man! That's... It's like it, it's what it's what Expendables One should have been. It's got all the people. It, it's you know it has legit you know um, Expendables in the form of Dolph Lundgren, and then it's got people who should be Expendables like you know a Tony Jaa or Michael J. White. Um, and then you know you got Peter, you got fucking RoboCop and Ron Perlman in it also. That's it's, so, it's an all star cast. That's so wonderful. Yeah. Because yeah, I've I I I've watched both Never Back Down sequels. Yeah, I only saw the first one. I saw the first one. With Channing Tatum, right? Is that no, the one? No, uh, it's with someone else. What the, oh, that was another fight. It came out like at the same time. Oh, I did see. I, I saw Never Back Down, but yeah, I didn't see the fighting movie with Channing Tatum. Yeah. Wait, you sure that wasn't called Never Back Down? I'm pretty sure he wasn't in it. Oh, all right. I'm I'm getting some movies mixed up. Then. He might but, have been. Yeah. In, I think he was in a movie called Fighting. Or Fight, Fighting, something like that. Okay, I'm getting movies mixed up. That was based. Uh, that was directed by the dude that did. Uh, Guy to recognize. Yeah, Dito Montiel. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Who's who? Like his claim to fame is making like he got a bunch of record deals and stuff and. Did he? I didn't know that. Yeah, he made a. He was supposed to make a record. He, he's an interesting dude. I did not know that about him. I didn't know that. Yeah, if it's if I'm wrong, I apologize. Mm-hmm. I um. You ever seen the film Chappie? No, I just, I don't know. I couldn't do it. It did remind me. This is old school, like '95 computer game. Remember the, the video game One Must Fall? I don't. 
it was it, it was essentially like Chappie. It was like humans controlling robots, and it was a fighting thing. But no, I didn't see Chappie. Do me a favor, mm-hmm. please. Check it out. I'll try. I just know that uh, Diane Wood is in it, and I just don't. I can't really stand but those two. This is it's why uh, it's like this weird post meta art thing. Okay, first of all, it's fucked up. I just got Chappie confused with that other Hugh Jackman robot fighting movie. I know he's in both. Chappie, Chappie is more recent. There was another movie that Hugh Jackman was in where he was like controlling... Hugh Jackman's the villain in Chappie, right? Sort of, yeah. There's another movie where Hugh Jackman, he's like he's a boxer. He's a washed up boxer and he has what? to show this robot how to fight. I just confused two movies that, that are very similar. I mean, so. that's a movie I want to see. Hugh Jackman what? teaching a robot how to fight? Yeah, yeah. That's weird. Yeah, I just confused. Yeah, but I, I, do, I still know what Chappie is. I, just I was, I was just saying up. to a friend that, <laughs> that someone should make a sweeted remake of Get Out with Rachel Dolezal playing all the parts. <laughs> I mean, I hate her, but that's pretty awesome. I'm saying you would watch that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think... I feel like mid into production, she'd have a nervous breakdown and just literally, like, spontaneously combust. Well, she still can't, she still lacks the empathy needed to understand how, how wrong... Because there was an amazing mm-hmm. article about her last week mm-hmm. that you thought would put the nail in the coffin, but it's still... She's still around, unfortunately. <sighs> but I figure might as well do something weird and, mm-hmm. and film Get Out with where she plays every single character. It, what's crazy, though, is that kind of convolutedness sounds like a key and peel sketch yeah it sounds like something that they, they would do so yeah key, key and peel if you're listening we don't have the money to do this but it would be really good it sounds like jordan peel his ticket is written right now so yeah, he's good he, he, he could do what he can do whatever almost do what he wants almost do whatever if he, he was wants. able to do get if get out i feel like less threatening movies he could get away with if if he was able to do get out, I'm you know, he's good. He's yeah. Good. He could so. <laughs> Chappie's dope because it's like a cross between Robocop and Short Circuit 2. And oh, no. and well, Robocop. Not just short, but short circuit too. It's like eh, I don't know. Just, just bear with me. Let me let me finish yeah. my let me finish my thought, man. Okay. It's Robocop, Short Circuit 2. And postmodernism. Hmm. So, like, there's a scene where, like, Chappie is wearing a, a Chappie shirt. Wow. <laughs> like, like they're wearing Diane Word clothing. They're referencing the weirdness. And wow. because in South Africa, it's it, everything's a little different because even though it's white people that speak English, it's a different type of English. It's a different type of white people. They dress totally different. Mm-hmm. Hugh Jackman has a mullet and wears jeans, shorts, and Tim's. <laughs> wow. And you're just like, this looks weird. <laughs> so it's, it's a surrealist dream. Okay. It's, it's a great movie that okay. I think... I think that's my favorite movie that that dude did. Is this Neil Bloomkamp? Yeah. Okay. But I'm just... I didn't like uh, District 9 that much. Didn't like District 9? I didn't like Elysium. I either. liked Elysium. But that's, Here's what ruined... The, like, Jodie Foster... For such a good actress, what was she doing? Like just the way her, the way she spoke, the way she delivered lines, she ruined that movie. Well, I mean other things too, but she, you know, I, I yeah, I, I wasn't happy with, with. Maybe it's not so much the movie itself. I just Jody. Oh wait, I don't like this guy, Chateau Copley. I'm not a fan of his. 
Word. He, he he's annoying. He's very annoying to me. And and Elysium is like the height of his. That's what. Yeah, that that and Spike Lee's old boy. He was like a Bond villain. Um, but there's a lot of problems with Spike Lee's old boy. Rather Speaking than just of, of not Spike Lee's old boy, mm-hmm. I finally got around to seeing The Handmaiden yesterday. Oh, what'd you think? You know, Victorian scissoring and subterfuge as sure. its finance. Sure. I loved it. Okay. My thing is... I did like it, but I remember afterwards, everyone seemed to love it. And I was like, oh, I didn't love it. I liked it. But when I saw the movie, I saw the movie and I was tired. I didn't, it's not like I fell asleep, but I was exhausted by the time I had seen it. So maybe I need to like watch it now when I have like, wake up in the morning one day and watch it on a Friday. Because cause what I do remember, that aside from just the whole lipstick, le- lesbianism and everything in it, there is a, um, it's a clever movie. Yes. It's very clever. And I think when you're tired... You might you don't appreciate how clever some, something is, and I think that that was the case when I saw so it. So if you take like the Prestige, and blue is the warmest color, <laughs> and make okay. it Korean, yeah, sure, that's the movie, and it, yeah. I think it's better than the sum of its parts. And throwing some tentacles and whatnot. Yeah, <laughs> and don't get me wrong, I like blue. I like blue is the warmest color enough, mm-hmm. and I liked the other movie. I just I like the Prestige. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I like the. The mystery about it. Sure. What, what, what's got you excited lately? We're talking about as far as movies go. Sure. Yes, I'll, I'll tell you right now, it, it's... Um, I've been watching kind of on repeat um, uh, Rick Alverson's The Comedy. No, I'm sorry. Rick Alverson's Entertainment. He also did The Comedy. The Comedy was movie. rough. Entertainment is like a, a reward for people who sat through The Comedy. Who made it all the way through entertainment's kind of like, all right, here you go. It's 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 the movie to me that cemented Rick Alverson is one of the three or four or five best American filmmakers working today, and I ended up watching it because what when I first saw Entertainment two years ago, I loved it. It was in my top ten of that year. It's great. It's wonderful. I love Neil Hamburger. He's hilarious. Yes, I love you Tim do. Heidecker. Heidecker. But recently, there's been this influx of Netflix special stand up specials. Um, Louis C.K., uh, Dave Chappelle has two. Uh, uh, what? Uh, who's this guy? Bill Burr has one. Basically, you know, th- th- there's a lot. And I watched... Oh, yeah, Hannibal Burris had one last year, early last year. There's just a lot of um, stand-up specials on Netflix. And I didn't find any of them funny. And not, and not so much that they're You didn't bad. find the Louis C.K. one funny? Not really. That 9-11 deniers? Not even the only thing was the whole Achilles heel thing, like mom. Like that was the only thing I thought was like that made me laugh out loud. Did and you? and it's not that it's not like the humor was bad. It's just like eh. And my thing is, then I got worried. Like wait, am I desensitized? And it's like no, because I watch Eric Andre. I watch It's Always Sunny. I watch Workaholics. I laugh my ass off on a daily basis. So it's not that. It's just a stand up. And I remember when I went to go see Entertainment. Rick Alverson was there and he did a Q and A after, and he was saying like. I don't really find stand-up comedy funny. And then it was just like, oh, what kind of thing is that to say? And then since then, I had gone to the Comedy Cellar a few times. I watched these specials on Netflix, and it's like, I have not been laughing at stand-up. And then to see entertainment, to see Greg Turkington play the the character he's most famous for playing for, which is Neil Hamburger, which is essentially deconstructing comedy, which is all all that is. It's like, okay, this is funny, like... I'm just like set up punchline, ha ha ha, and he just makes these like nonsensical, pointless jokes, 
and that I love. But there's also a ser- like there's some humor in entertainment, but entertainment is also fucking heavy and it's depressing. When it's did it like, come out? 2015. It's also as much as it makes fun of stand-up comedy, or not makes fun of, but just dissects it and kind of makes fun of how pointless it can be. Greg Turkington is still a stand-up as in a character as Neil Hamburger, and he still travels, and it just shows the grueling. The whole idea of, like, if you're a road comic, how fucking grueling it is and how sad it is. Much like if you're a traveling musician or a pro wrestler or an MMA guy or just, like, or a salesman or whoever, it's a very sad existence. And I just, and and, and the supporting cast and entertainment is great, too. You have, it's one of those things where, like, these days John C. Riley just plays a caricature of himself for the most part, but he's used so good in entertainment. You got Tim Heidecker. You've got, um... uh, No Soap Radio. Michael Sarah has a really good scene. Um, I can't, you know, and it's, it's such a perfect late night movie to watch. And it's and every time I watch it, it's like I've seen this movie a bunch of times. I saw it in the theater a few times, so it's one of those movies I feel like I can have on while I search the internet. But a few minutes in, I just put my phone down and I just I watch I just watch it all the way through. So yeah, Rick Alvarez's Entertainment is what I've been watching quite a bit recently. We should go um, to the movies again soon. Absolutely. That I'm was thinking fun. Yeah, um you know, I'm not opposed to checking out Guardians, um, which comes out soon. I'm jealous because it came out already in, in some other countries. Uh, what? yeah, no, I I'm very excited excited to see that. And then if not that, I wanna check out I wanna go back to a theater I haven't been like I haven't been to IFC in a very long time. I wanna go to IFC. And catch one of the movies that they play for six days, and then it's out of the theater. Cause let's go see a movie. That. Talk yeah. about it. Yeah, let's do. Because I don't know yeah. about aside from the Claire Denis movie coming out later this year, and oh. Guardians of the Galaxy and Spider Man. I don't know what's coming out. <laughs> oh man, well, it's we're late April, so Cannes is right around the corner. They released the lineup to the Cannes Film Festival. Todd Haynes has a new movie coming out. Michael Haneke has a new movie coming out. It turns um, out I've seen way great. more Michael Haneke movies than I thought. When you first started talking to me about Michael Haneke, mm-hmm. I just... Because I saw The Piano Teacher. One of my favorites. Oh, that's another... I didn't name drop that at the beginning of the episode, but that's that's on there. If y'all didn't see, Marcus made a very funny f- head movement when he said, I didn't do this. Oh, shit. <laughs> I didn't even realize I did that. Um, yeah. You know, because... And then that that movie where... Michael Pitt and his friend are... Oh, Funny Games. Yeah. Which, you know, is a remake. A Shot for Shot remake. I've seen own. both. Okay, awesome. So I've seen three Michael Haneke movies. Okay, cool. You've seen some good ones. You've seen one of his best, in my opinion. I think, um... I feel like when Mtume comes on the show, we'll get into one of his movies, uh, this film he made called Cachet, which I... I think is maybe one of the five best movies of the decade so far. Well, not the, not... I mean, of the last decade... And he doesn't like that movie. And what's interesting is the reasons he dislikes that movie are the reasons I like it, which is a really weird kind of thing. But I highly suggest Cachet is is excellent. It's excellent. Okay, so I have a lot of potential homework this this yeah. week. Oh yeah. <sighs> Got to figure out something like that. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I don't know, man. Um, skin trade uh, going off of I think skin trade or entertainment. Would be it? I find I I find you going through the mo- like. I think entertainment will just like take you for a roller coaster ride because you're going to laugh your ass like the kind of like the Val Kilmer laugh that you did when we went to go see Song to Song. You're going to be doing that, 
and then five minutes later, you're going to be questioning your existence. And then ten minutes later, you're going to be doing another one. It's like Val Kilmer belly laughs. And then five minutes later, it's like, what the fuck? What is our point on this earth? So. I, I Yeah, yeah. I, I, I can't recommend entertainment enough. And if not that, you know, hey, skin trade is a fight. Look, off the strength of that cast, I think you can have a fun time watching skin trade also. And... Should I like okay? So I'm, you're familiar with 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 Tony Jai, I imagine, right? Yeah, I was. Ong Bak is is in my list of Thailand movies I like. So uh, and this movie takes place in Thailand. So imagine a climactic fight scene between. Oh, I'm not gonna give it. A, oh wait, I was just gonna. I was about to ruin Skin Trade for you. Oh, I'm sorry. Don't do I'm not that. gonna say. I I stopped myself. Holy oh. shit! I was gonna fuck this movie up for you. Did Never you, mind. Do you like the raid? Yes, I like the raid, and as far as the sequel, I like the action in it, but the whole point of Raid 2 was fucking stupid. Yeah. To send someone undercover to go to jail for two years just to be friends with some guy, to get on the outside. with Yeah, it was just convoluted for the sake of being convoluted, but the fighting and the action was just, it was amazing. So wonderful. It was amazing, so yeah. So, so that saved it. But yeah, the purpose of the movie was dumb. Yeah, it was a, it was a check. Mm-hmm, Yeah. All right, hey, man. I think where are we? We're almost at an hour. Yeah, I think we're good. I'm glad I got to bring up uh, entertainment. I see you. It's a movie. That, let's say you don't like it, which I do see you liking it. You're going to have lots and lots to say about it, no matter what. Yes, I'm surprised with how little I had to say about Prevenge. Mm-hmm. But yeah, because I I wanted to see it because you said you liked it so much. Yeah. Or like so, my um, I'll give so. For those that don't know, I get on. I, I mean, I stopped. I just I ran out of jokes, but I would do these like Neil Hamburger esque tweets on Twitter. I don't know if you saw those. No. Oh, I thought that's why you were met. Like when I was like, I like Neil Hamburger. You're like, yes, you do, because I was uh, doing these like Trump. I was doing these Donald Trump. Tw- I was tweeting about Donald Trump through the persona of Neil Hamburger, and people seemed to like them. I thought you had seen them. Yeah, that's why. But um, I just know yeah. you. I know you like what is erroneously called anti-comedy. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like I was talking about, yeah, Neil Hamburger being deconstructing comedy, whereas Eric Andre is deconstructing the 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 talk show, and Tim and Eric is essentially you know deconstructing like sketch comedy. So yeah, I guess I do. I didn't until you just said that. I, but I think the term anti-comedy is insulting. Mm-hmm. So none of the, I don't think they're anti comics. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Them yeah, sure. and and my my favorite, the patron saint Norm Macdonald, are often called anti comics. And Norm Macdonald like, too. I yeah, he definitely I wouldn't. He's just, he's a comic. Yeah, I wouldn't. He, he tells those ridiculous jokes on Conan O'Brien sometimes. Sure, sure. Or when he did that roast of Bob Saget, and he just told like very mean jokes, but not dirty jokes. Yeah, yeah. He was like, you, you, you look like a bird. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I like him. I think, I think, we're, I think this, I think we're good. Yeah. So whatever, I, skin trade or entertainment. Or that would make a hell of a double feature if you have another one of those late nights. Hopefully I'll be in a better mood, so we'll see. Yeah. Okay. Or maybe we'll talk about, um. Freddie got fingered. Yep. Yeah. That All right, to, man. Yeah, we have to do that. All right, another high five on this one.
So 